the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Wednesday, May 10th, 2023. I am Seth Leibson. Our phone number is 602-508-0960. We have David Dahl in the production chair, as is his want and custom. And uh, if you want to give us a call, that's the uh, price of entry. That's the barrier to entry, 602-5089-60. Yesterday, Joe Biden held a press conference ostensibly on budget negotiations and the debt limit. If you want to see what the opposite of energy in the executive, a Hamiltonian phrase, is, just watch it on your favorite media player. I honestly don't understand why the president thinks he is clever when he does things like whispering into the microphone or when he spells words out, literally spells them out for emphasis, when each time he does it, he actually misspells the word. Even the official White House transcript of the press conference has his errant spelling of the word billion in it. He can't spell and he can't talk. The question we all have is whether he can think. And that question arises not only as a result of everything he said or tried to say over the past two years, including last week where he told a MSNBC reporter his task is to keep Obama from reentering the White House and then realizing his mistake, said the guy who was here four years ago. I mean, consider that. Was Joe Biden the only American in the country who doesn't know or cannot summon Donald Trump's name because it escapes his memory? But the question also arises from what he said in his press conference yesterday, which was this, quoting directly from the White House transcript. Question. Title 40, quote, Title 42, is the United States ready for the surge of people that's going to come across the border starting later this week? Close quote. The president, quote, I spent close to an hour with, with the Mexican president today. We're doing all we can. The answer is, it remains to be seen. Close quote. It remains to be seen. He then spoke about setting up offices in Colombia, as if that's where the problem is, and then concluded his remarks by repeating the phrase, it remains to be seen. Now, hold that thought a moment. U.S. We'll come back to it. U.S. Secretary uh, of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas was on CNN on Friday of last week being asked about the expiration of Title 42, and he said this, quote, I do not want to understate the severity of the challenge that we expect to encounter, close quote. The severity of the challenge he expects to encounter? Why would he expect a severe challenge or any challenge if the border is, as he has said at varying times over the past two years and two weeks and two days, the border is closed and the border is secure? Why would he expect a challenge, never mind a severe one? Well, we know those statements about the border being closed and secure were simply lies. So suspend that concern for a moment. We shall return to it as well. I'm more concerned with this odd use of the passive voice by the Secretary of Homeland Security and the President. Secretary of Homeland Security said there is an inestimable severity to a crisis that's about to take place. Does he realize it is and was his job to prevent it? Or rather... Do we ask, was it the vice president's job? 
And where is she on this? And is she being interviewed anywhere about this? After all, she was tasked with the responsibility, we were told, of managing our illegal immigration problem. Kamala Harris, our vice president, has her own go-to line. She uses it in every speech and nearly every interview, the way Joe Biden whispers. The RNC actually put out a video of it. She's used it at least 100 times. And it is this, quote, you have the ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been, close quote. You have the ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been. I have no idea what that means, but it evidently means something to her, and she thinks it's smart. She keeps saying it. I think the closest I can get to understanding it is that it means the sun will rise tomorrow, or that tomorrow is a new day. Most of us learned that from waking up every day, or at least since we were exposed to Little Orphan Annie's theme song that was unburdened to us as far back ago as 1977. Kamala Harris, again, remember, in charge of the illegal immigration problem, will be giving the commencement address at West Point later this year. Frankly, later this month. I predict she will use that line again there as she has used it in her last college commencement address, which was at Tennessee State University. But she said something else interesting at Tennessee State, and I'm guessing she won't be repeating that to the the 2023 class at West Point. Speaking of Ukraine and Russia, she said to the TSU students, quote, We believe that the principles of sovereignty and territorial integrity had, for the most part, prevailed, close quote. I find it ongoingly ironic how seriously this administration likes to fulminate about the depredations and depreciations of sovereignty and territorial integrity when it comes to other nations, just not ours. When it comes to our sovereignty and territorial integrity, the message is the passive voice, as if we are just here to watch a movie or, I guess, another Broadway play. We expect to encounter a severe challenge. Mayorkas or from the president, it remains to be seen. They do realize they are vested with power, right? They do realize they can build fences and walls. They can re-extend Title 42. They can deploy personnel and materiel. They don't just have to sit back and watch. Oh, and sue, as they did, to end Title 42. They do understand this, right? Yes, the answer is they well understand this. They just cannot do anything about it, just as all the king's horses and all the king's men and women at the DNC and other precincts of import in the Democratic Party understand two other things. Thing one, Joe Biden is not up to the challenge and job of being president of the United States as he is not up to the challenge and job of being a middle school homeroom or history teacher. Thing two, all the king's horses and all the king's men and women at the DNC and other precincts of import in the Democratic Party understand Kamala Harris is not up to the challenge of being in charge of the border, is not up to the challenge of being the vice president, and is not up to the challenge of acceding to the office of the presidency, should that be necessary. And this is a political problem for the Democrats, but it's a major and near existential problem for the country. A major existential problem wrought from the receipts and wages of the Democratic Party doing anything and everything it could— to ensure a Republican was not reelected to the presidency. A Republican who had the economy humming, a Republican who had the border calmed, a Republican who would not have to blather about the territorial integrity and sovereignty of other nations 
because he took art seriously, and as a result of that, autocrats in other countries who may have been tempted to invade our allies took our president seriously, too. Put a different way, listening to all the passive voices and empty bromides of the president, vice president, and secretary of Homeland Security, I hope you can all note that what is taking place here at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue at the Eisenhower Executive Office Building and at the Department of Homeland Security is the opposite of energy and volition on behalf of ensuring domestic tranquility, providing for the common defense, promoting the general welfare, and securing the blessings of liberty as all these leaders were elected to and sworn on Bibles to do. I think instead, what they think they were elected to and sworn Bibles to do was just not be members of the Republican Party and get the Republicans out of office. Country, successful governance, be damned. It's the ideology that matters, not its consequences or results which is really the perfect summary of the age we live in. Intentions and airy abstractions and my truths matter more than results, competency, and the truth. I've referenced Alexander Hamilton's phrase earlier, energy in the executive. It comes from Federalist Paper number 70. Hamilton identifies one of the key ingredients to energy in the executive, as he calls it, And that ingredient, as he says, is competence. We simply don't have that. Oh, we have Broadway plays about the sun coming up tomorrow and Broadway plays about Alexander Hamilton. We just don't have a lot of reason to be optimistic about tomorrow being a day where the gray will go away. The president and his secretary of Homeland Security tells us it remains to be seen after all. And we don't have a a serious consideration of Hamilton either, just songs attributed to his life. What we do have is something the political philosopher Leo Strauss once attributed to modern political science, a Neronian moment of fiddling while the country is burning. What's interesting is that Leo Strauss excused modern political science for two things when he wrote that. Thing one was it didn't know it was fiddling. And thing two was it didn't know that the country was burning. I don't think we can say that, excuse that, about today's Democratic Party or what it considers its leadership in Washington, D.C. I think they know damned well. What's the line from a lion in winter? I know, you know I know, I know you know I know, we know Henry knows and Henry knows we know it. We're a very knowledgeable family. The problem here is we aren't living in a Broadway play or watching a movie or we shouldn't be. I'm Seth Leibson. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer said that his committee believes President Biden has been involved in his family's foreign business dealings from the very beginning, telling reporters today that lawmakers are only at the beginning stages of their investigation. This is a damn big story. Greg Jarrett over at Fox News writes up the sheer magnitude of Biden family corruption uncovered by the House Oversight Committee can only be described as breathtaking. It is also deeply alarming. 
If the fruits of James Comer's investigation are exactly what they appear to be, Joe Biden may have jeopardized our nation's security by selling out America for cold, hard cash. Documents show that over $10 million in foreign money flowed like a river into more than 20 shell companies and LLCs created for the Biden's financial benefit. Much of it was then surreptitiously shuffled around various accounts before it landed in the hands of nine members of the president's family. Those companies have no apparent business purpose other than to serve as a receptacle for hiding cash derived from suspected influence peddling schemes overseas. The incriminating evidence comes from thousands of subpoenaed banking records, wire transfers, and electronic transactions contained in more than 170 suspicious activity reports that were flagged by banks and sent to the criminal division at the Treasury Department. The Biden administration refused to cough up those records until the committee recently forced its hand. There are still more documents to be examined, suggesting that the Biden profiteering could far exceed the millions of dollars already tracked. In Washington, where graft is endemic, the Bidens appear to have taken it to dizzying heights. While greed was the likely motive, concealment was the key to success. In just one deal alone, more than a million dollars involved 16 different wire transfers run through five different bank accounts before the funds eventually landed in Biden family hands. This and other transactions were well hidden in a, quote, web of deception and corruption, according to Representative Byron Daniels. Cycling through this many companies serves no other purpose but to disguise illicit, if not illegal, payments. It has always been a misconception that these shady deals never occurred while Joe Biden was in office. The committee discovered that a stunning number of wire transfers happened when when Joe Biden was vice president. It is no coincidence that the money sources came from the very countries over which the VP exerted control over foreign policy decisions. What was being bought? More to the point, what were the Bidens selling? Access as well as promises of future influence that would benefit American adversaries. A partial answer may reside in a specific document Comer is seeking from the FBI. A credible whistleblower informed the committee that the unclassified record depicts a criminal scheme involving then-Vice President Biden and a foreign national in the exchange of money for policy decisions. Biden's repeated claims of innocence and his efforts at misdirection are believed by the no, are belied, are belied, are undercut by the known facts. He maintains that he knew nothing about his son's nefarious activities. Yet visitor logs prove that Hunter's partners and clients visited his father at the White House more than eighty times when he was vice president. Biden also insists that his family never took money from China. But the committee's newly revealed records show that roughly $6 million was banked by the Bidens from just one of the copious deals with Beijing operatives who had close ties to the Chinese Communist Party and its intelligence apparatus. Citing the president's soft China policies, James Comer has drawn a nexus to Biden's questionable handling of COVID, TikTok, the spy balloons, theft of intellectual property, and China's manipulation of U.S. currency. Perhaps this explains his utter indifference and zero action to prevent, to protect vital American interests when it comes to China. The explosive new evidence seems to confirm what has long been suspected. Joe Biden and his family aggressively exploited his public office 
to confer benefits and favors on foreign entities or governments in exchange for money. If this was done to the detriment of our own interests as a nation, as it seems, these schemes could well constitute a variety of crimes that would include bribery, fraud, and felony violations of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. The use of multiple accounts to conceal cash activities would qualify as money laundering. Despite the lucrative overseas enterprises, Hunter Biden deliberately ignored the legal requirement that he register as a foreign agent under the Foreign Agents Registration Act. His own emails show that he intended to evade compliance. As former federal prosecutor Andy McCarthy explained, such a failure would make his transactions illegal under the law. Beyond crimes identified under federal statutes, the actions of Joe Biden may rise to the level of an impeachable offense. The U.S. Constitution specifically states that a president can be removed for treason and bribery. Both would apply if the accusations against him are true and supported by credible enough evidence. This is exactly what our founding fathers feared most. They worried that a future president might violate his sacred oath of office by secretly conspiring with malign foreign actors to betray our nation for self-enrichment. The money trail uncovered so far is a damning indictment of corruption at the highest level of government. Liz Wheeler put it this way in a simple tweet, boiling it all down to this. Nine Bidens implicated in a pay-to-play scheme while Joe Biden was vice president. Millions of dollars wired to Biden bank accounts stopped when Biden left office, interestingly enough. A tangled web of Biden companies tied to a Chinese spy company. But sure, headlines at New York Times and CNN are that George Santos lied on his resume. So let's go make him the story. The White House did put out a response to James Comer today saying none of the evidence shows that Joe Biden personally benefited from any of these monies. Guess what? That's a that's a ignoratio elanchi, which is Latin for responding to an accusation that wasn't made. No one said Joe Biden directly received these funds. What they're saying is nine other Bidens did. And it remains to be seen as to how much may have been put aside for the big guy. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. John Dombrowski is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. His website is grandcanyonplanning.com. Fun website and a great place to go to reach out to him. He is also the host of his own radio show, heard here every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. It's called The Word on Wealth. John, how are you today? Good. Good thing I'm an early riser. Yes. (laughs) Do you get up before I do? What time do you get up in the morning? Uh, I got up at, uh, this morning I did get up a little early at 5 o'clock. Yeah? Okay. Little. Right. I don't know what time you get up, but. I get up usually at 5, uh, yeah. but it's not volitionally at 5. I get mm-hmm. up at 5 because Dagny the Wonder Dog mm. gets up at 5. Yeah. Well, then you've got to follow, yeah. follow the pack. Yeah. If, if, if Mama ain't <laughs> sleeping, nobody's sleeping. 
Okay. <laughs> Understood. <Yeah. laughs> I got three of my own. Yeah, I know yep. you do. I know you, you You've do. met them, yep. I certainly have. I wanted to talk to you about a little bit of a few different stories coming sure. together in this one. The Wall Street Journal titles it The Home Buyer's Quandary. Yeah. Nobody's selling. And part of this is kind of related to the interest rate situation because – uh, many people who evidently would like to or want to move are kind of don't want to abandon the locked-in low interest rates that they, you know, yeah. can't afford to give up. You know, and I I, I read through this article, and, and it's interesting because I was thinking about this uh, months ago. Yeah. That you know, when people are concerned that hey, interest rates are going up, we're going to have this real estate market's going to collapse. And I said, this is not 2007 and 2008. Yep. This, is, this is different. Yep. You've got people now that are living in their homes. This is their own home. They've got an interest rate of two and a half, three, three and a half percent interest rate. They're locked in for 30 years. Yep. Um, they're not going to let that house go into foreclosure. They've got a lot of uh, equity in the home mm-hmm. at this point because of the growth that we've seen in the real estate market. They're not going to let these homes go into foreclosure like we had people overextended. Right. Uh, years ago. So that's number one. And that's kind of what this article is saying is you've got these people locked into these long-term low interest rate loans and they can't sell the house. They now. can more than double, right? I mean, the, yeah. the interest rate, might, the yes. mortgage rate might more than double for yes. them. Yes. And, and so they can't afford even right. to move into another house. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of landlocked in that respect. And then you've got on the other side of it, first time home buyers that are looking right. to buy homes right. Right. and no one's selling. It's, it, there's still a shortage of housing. Uh, in this market, and it's 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 still keeping prices elevated, and uh, so it's a challenge for for people right now. And I understand, but I do have a solution. Yes, sir. If you have a home with a lot of equity in it, it's very possible you might be able to take out an, a home equity line of credit, mm-hmm. uh, pull a little bit of that equity out, and use that for a down payment on your new home. Mm-hmm. Take the home you're living in right now and rent it. Use it as a rental. There it's an go. investment all of a sudden. And bring some income in. You may be surprised at the type of rent you can receive on that property. So that could be a solution. Don't overextend yourself. Make sure you understand uh, what that means to you when it comes to creating more debt for yourself, but that could be a possibility. And of course, you would still have to qualify for a new loan. Uh, But if you have your home rented, uh, when a lender looks at that, they look at that property differently than if you just have a home that's sitting vacant with a loan on it. And it could also have some nice tax implications. It could have some nice tax benefits as well, yes. Right. Yes, so there's a possible solution. People can uh, obviously talk to you about all of these things. Um, The other issue that's kind of interestingly on the table is that with inflation, um, where it is, the polling is showing that people are kind of getting used to it and, you know, worried about it less and less. Maybe not such good news, right? Well, we did have, you know, the consumer price index numbers came out today yeah. uh, showing that inflation, it, it dropped a tenth of a percent from yeah. the previous month down to 4.9% below what was expected. Right. It was expected to be 5%. So at least the trend line is still uh, moving in the right direction. Okay. And hopefully that's going to help uh, the Fed, you know, maybe hold back on, on another rate hike. Oh my gosh. Uh, but yeah, we like, we like we need another rate hike. Um, but, uh, you know, what's, what on the other side of this, Seth, is we're still seeing inflation is, 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 is there. There's no question about it. Yeah. I mean, the, like we talked about, the price of gas is higher than it's ever been. And uh, people are still feeling that pressure. They're and, not, they're not uh, getting reprieve on that. And what the Fed is doing is related back to the first topic we were covering. I, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. 
Yep, yep. So it, it comes full circle, it seems. Yeah, yeah, sure does. <laughs> All connected. Yeah, thank you, John, very you much. You bet. As always, uh, Securities and Advisory Services offered through Creative One Securities LLC. Member of Finran Sipigan, an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Creative One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Someone thought that that was my, um, my uh, uh, what did they call it? Tag my line? tagline. Yeah. But it's not a tagline. That's no. a disclosure. It's a required My tagline disclo- yes, give is us your don't disclosure. run out of money before yeah. you run out of time. Nicely done. <laughs> right. Nicely done. We have that as a bumper sticker there around you go. here. <laughs> Bless you, John. Take care. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. I kind of have fun looking at these kind of small cues and clues from what the mainstream media does and is doing. So CNN obviously made a calculated decision give a big boost to their ratings that couldn't have come at a better time when their chief competitor, Fox, was going through its problems and ratings decline over the, um, over the termination of Tucker Carlson. So what did they do? They went for the gusto and they have Donald Trump. They're hosting Donald Trump for a live town hall conference tonight uh it'll be uh the interviewer the moderator of the town hall will be uh caitlin collins from cnn now you would think that if you're normal (laughs) if you if you were normal and ran a media company that had donald trump coming on to do a live town hall event which is a you know pretty remarkable thing especially given all the news you would think they would be touting that you would think that that would be, you know, screaming everywhere. If it were any other network, it, well, if it were a conservative network, network, it certainly would be. But if you go to the CNN website, there's about 20 stories up there you have to go through, including the debt ceiling standoff and the George Santos business. They even have a story on sleep apnea before they get you to a non-headlined, non Highlighted story, Trump to face questions from New Hampshire GOP primary voters as legal clouds hang over 2024 bid. You go to that story, you would think they'd want you to tune in because, again, the idea here would be ratings. And the story, like the similar story about this at the New York Times doesn't tell you what time it's on. Don't you find that curious? I find it curious. Buyer's remorse, perhaps. The answer is 8 Eastern. Um, And uh, I'm sure a lot of news will come out of it. I was listening to uh, Mike Gallagher this morning, talking to a few different folks. I think it was Mike Gallagher. Pretty sure it was, yeah. Uh, Talking to a few different folks about whether it would be fair game and appropriate for Donald Trump to be asked by Caitlin Collins about the jury decision, the jury verdict yesterday in holding him responsible for a battery and a defamation. And most people said yes. It's, it's not a story that 
one would normally think you could ignore, and Trump will obviously be prepared for it. The interesting thing is that most of the mainstream media would have loved to have had that story dominate today's news. They would have loved it. They were gearing up for it. You could see it last night. You could see it yesterday afternoon after the verdict came in. And you know what? That story has just already kind of faded. Now, part of this you might consider to be part and parcel of the crisis industrial complex and the frenzy where we are forced to leapfrog from major story to major story. But part of it, too, is because they can't avoid three other main stories, one of them being the Santos story, which they're trying to make the biggest story of the day. The other two being what's about to happen with the illegal immigrants and illegal immigration with the expiration of Title 42 by tomorrow. And then, of course, there's yet the other story, which is the brilliance of the House Oversight Committee and James Comer and its allegations and proffered evidence asking the DOJ to investigate. And if the DOJ won't, they certainly can, at Oversight, investigate nine Biden family members who have were making millions and millions of dollars during the tenure of Joe Biden's vice presidency. Um, I suppose if you wanted to have one more story added to that to crowd out the jury verdict over Trump, if you wanted one more story, it would be the debt ceiling. Isn't it interesting the debt ceiling debate at CNN is given much more prominence than the fact that Joe Biden, excuse me, the fact that Donald Trump will be doing their live town hall tonight. CNN is going to, I don't know if they're going to regret or if they have, um, if they have done anything to help prepare for what whirlwind they have inherited by striking this deal with Donald Trump to do the town hall tonight. Because the problem CNN, the whirlwind they've inherited is their viewer base is exceedingly angry at them. This, after all, is the network that for years has labeled and libeled, I would argue, certainly defamed Donald Trump over and over again as a threat to democracy, as creating a threat to journalists going to war against the media, as an existential threat to our Constitution. The entire lineup at CNN has said variations of everything I just said. They have hosted people on their show, professors college professors on their show who have said such things as Donald Trump is worse than Adolf Hitler. That's what CNN became known for. And now they're just going to turn over primetime television to them in a live interview format with a town hall. Who knows how they're going to stack it? Who knows how tough the questions will be? The analysis I think a lot of us will be going through will be, it's been a few years since Donald Trump was in the White House now, or at least two and a half years. And as things go, as Father Time marches on, a lot of people have asked, has he missed any steps? Has he lost any steps? Based on what I've seen, the answer to that is no. But going up against I guess the most hostile of the hostiles, CNN, that will be a lot of proof in the pudding. In other words, Donald Trump has a lot riding on tonight. And for those who support him, 
his supporters have a lot riding on tonight. Again, I'm thinking Donald Trump will know how to use this. And he comes to CNN tonight with a lot more ammunition than he did during the presidential campaign and during the presidential debates. A lot more ammunition, particularly some of what was unfurled today by the House Oversight Committee, but also the other massive failures of the Biden administration in comparison and contrast to what his administration accomplished and did. Of course, one can say in 2020, in the election leading up to November of 2020, we don't know the heart of the Yogi Berra argument. Nobody, you know, the hardest thing to predict is the future. And what would a Biden presidency look like, especially in comparison to Donald Trump's? Well, now we have those receipts. And that will militate against CNN and in favor of Donald Trump. Just some thoughts. We'll be right back. Folks, think about this administration and the economy, bank failing, stock market volatility, recession on the horizon, inflation. What if you could invest in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the Fed or the stock market? A portfolio where you'll know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. You can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose, with no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. Your interest is compounded daily, you're paid monthly, and there are no fees. This is a secure collateralized portfolio that is being up, offered up by my friends at Y Refi. Y Refi is a local business. I encourage you to stop by their offices. They're over on Scottsdale Road in the 101. I've been there, and I'll tell you, you will not get a sales pitch. No one's going to ask you to sign anything. When you meet with the team at Y Refi, you'll see why I like them and trust them so much, and you can as well. Y Refi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can earn up to a 10 and a quarter percent rate of return. That's right, a 10.25% fixed rate of return. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or call them at 888-YREFI-34, 888-YREFI-34. David, do you have a political pin on today? I didn't notice if you did or not. If you do, it's small, or did you forget one at home? What? What? I might have forgotten it at home. Oh, okay. Demerit and punishment room for you. Did you have one set out on the counter that you were going to put on before you... No, you can't. always got a backup one. No, you can't use that. I see it. You have a... What is that? A Kemp... uh, Kemp in 88. Kemp in 88. Uh, Jack Kemp in 1988. It was a hell of a race he ran in the primaries. And to George H.W. Bush's credit... He did several debates. Uh, you can still see them on uh, C-SPAN or uh, video players. He did several debates, one-on-one debates with Jack Kemp. Uh, that was a crowded primary. Um, Pete DuPont, or Pierre DuPont, as George mm-hmm. Bush called him. <laughs> George H.W. Bush liked to call him Pierre. Bob Dole. Um, don't tell me. Pat Robertson, who really began the kickoff in that campaign with what would become the Christian Coalition. Remember how prominent an organization that was? You don't hear much about it anymore. It kind of had different split-offs and splinterings. And I think it still exists, but boy, it's just not the potent force it once upon a time was. Uh, Jack said that if it weren't for the DuPont and um, Robertson campaigns, he probably could have won. But they they were all fighting for the same constituencies. Um, I don't know. I think we're—I think— 
If you watch the debate in Houston. I have seen it. Yeah, if you watch that, you'll see who the better man for president would have been. Great I think. debate. Yeah, it's a great debate. All right. I am Seth Leapson. We will be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.